I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right, Carly, I have something for you to listen to. And it's somebody you know. It's a sound made by somebody you know. And see if you can guess. If it's someone farting, I'm going to be really (laughs) disturbed, all right? Because that's, that's a completely different podcast altogether. It's not farting. Okay, well, it is somebody right. you've met before, so okay. see if you can guess who it is. What the hell is that? Or who the hell is that? Any idea? It sounds like somebody asleep. Somebody uh, who lives with me. Well, I hope it's not Leo, because he won't be too happy. <laughs> Your boyfriend wouldn't be very happy with you putting that in. I would imagine it's one of the cats and it I would say it's your favourite Big Old Ted that's Big Old Ted brilliant yeah. brilliant and the reason I'm playing you that is because in this episode we're going to be talking about sleep in one particular species okay and what species would that be well let's go and find out awesome looking forward to it So the place we're actually going to is the Elephant House in Dublin Zoo. And the person that we're here to meet is Brendan Walsh, who's one of the zookeepers there. Well, uh, great to have you here. Welcome to the zoo. Thank you. Nice, uh, nice sound effects, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to go in? Yeah, that's Let's that's do that. Cool, yeah. cool, okay, I'll just give a, a radio check. Lovely. Elephant House, over. Go ahead, Brendan. Jer, are we okay to come in via the side gate? Yeah, I'm just going around there. The elephants are in the house. We're going to let them out the next couple of minutes, but you can have a quick chat here. Okay, thank you. Happy days. How are you? Jerry, you know, Polly, don't you? Hello, how are you? How are you? I just left of the yellow line there, so... So we're here to talk about sleep patterns in elephants. Brendan studied the sleeping patterns of this group of elephants in Dublin Zoo over the period of about three years. And he came up with some really interesting findings about how they sleep and how much they sleep. And he wrote a paper about this sleep study. And he's going to share these insights with us. So we have 11 elephants in this house, as you're probably aware. Beautiful sound effects. And actually, uh, speaking of noises, our elephants were classed 
in a study about five years ago as the most communicative, the ones that were talking, interacting the most with each other. Chatty caddies. Uh, Chatty caddies. Very good. Absolutely, really were. And the noises that we hear, the odd rumblings, is only a tiny proportion of their actual noises. Majority of their sounds are infrasounds, much lower our hearing frequency. They, so, hit, they hit through their feet, is it? The, the rumblings, uh, vibrations come up through their feet as well, absolutely. So you can see a trunk coming towards us here, okay. so which is why we're, we're standing well back. This house is... I'm a big fan of this house, basically. This house is built well ahead of its time. Lots of zoos, I'm delighted to say, are copying this design now. You can see in front of us we've got lots of sand. That sand is at a depth of 1.8 metres. And, and he's kicking at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, we're new, so, uh, yeah. so they're, they're, they're always responding to that, all right. Yeah. But, uh, More sand kicked at us. <laughs> so many calves and just a beautiful herd of of elephants here in the, the house milling around coming towards us very curious trunks coming through the bars eyes looking at us oh it's wonderful no they're, they're very playful they're quite interactive especially the calves and it is amazing like you know back in the early noughties this was the goal to create a herd that were the adults were related to each other and therefore the calves were related to each other and that they have that strong connection with each other so it's, it's, brilliant. it's, it's brilliant to see now brilliant so we're here to talk about uh, sleep <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely. Elephant so, sleep. How do they do it? How do they do it with that noise? Yeah, well, this, this is the, the great thing. So basically, as zookeepers, we see the elephants throughout the day. Yeah. Now, we have introduced CCTV in the zoo a long time ago. So occasionally we will get to see what they're doing at night time. But we, we decided back in um, 2012, we decided that we wanted to see... <laughs> it's amazing. I hope you can still hear me. Um, they are responding extra because we don't get many outside zoo visitors here. So class yourself as major VIPs for being oh, here. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. <laughs> and, uh, for, for scientific research we, and things like that, we really only let people in nowadays. Uh, We're going to walk on a little bit so that we can give them a little break from us. There. Hi, Jerry, Christina. So uh, some of my fellow colleagues are coming in to hi, Hannah. So some of my colleagues are, are going to give them a bit of food here. And what's happening here now actually is we have three keepers here to my right and uh, another keeper is outside and basically they're communicating with their radios. It's always about communication, always about safety and always about calmness. And when we know that the elephants are calm and steady, that gate will open up and then when everyone's happy with their radio, radio communication, the elephants will go out. And then the keepers will say, OK, you can go. I won't say too loud in case they hear me. Mm. And um, so they obviously understand oh, a lot yes. of English. And even animals that come from different zoos, be it France or anything like that, they obviously understand more French than they would English. They, they need to learn those, those words. So these elephants originally came from Holland. And, so they're bilingual uh, elephants. Yeah, absolutely. Holy they really would be. Like, when, they're, when, they're, <laughs> absolutely. When, when their previous keepers come here to visit them, of course an elephant doesn't forget and yeah. they do remember them and, they, and the, the keeper will be speaking in Dutch and you know I 100% believe they understand some of those words and obviously you know the tone as we always know is, is the big thing of course as well but um, I mean aren't they amazing look at these oh my god they're stunning it's crazy so much activity because the keeps are throwing sort of little nutty things in front yeah. of them in, through the bars in front of the bars so they're actually working and now the the door is open and they're and rushing them, to the outdoors now. leg it that's brilliant. Just another right. arse is going out the front door. Eleven bombs running away. So you can see we're outside now. You can see the, the elephants are all feeding. 
we have a sign in front of us here saying no one authorised person beyond this point bull elephant so at the moment we don't have a bull elephant because we don't need one in the wild uh, elephant herds are very much about girl power yeah. you don't have an adult bull living with the herd he enters the herd when it's a female and estrus and when his job is done he's gone and about 98% of mammals are the same it's, yeah. it's, it's very much the mothers in families that rear the babies uh, monogamy is extremely rare so this is this is quite typical really for most mammals yeah. where the, the male becomes the, becomes the father and then moves on Let's go into the bull house. So this is we've got two big two houses here in the zoo. This is one this is one of our newer houses, but it's basically the same design as our other house. So this is the house that our bull elephant lived in at night time. But the the joy again about what we we're constantly trying to think how can we make things better so we don't lock our elephants in at night if unless the weather's very bad and they won't want to go out anyway. But we constantly analyse what you're doing we've done this for years is it the right thing to do so many many years ago with supervision we watched them one night and we realised yeah they like being out now they often won't go out past midnight like you know they'll go for strolls say on a nice summer's evening 7, 8 o'clock they might go out again about 10 but you do see routines develop once it kind of hits midnight it's uh, it, it is really the labour time and the calves will lie down about 9 but the adults later so I, I happen to live here with Leo, who runs the zoo. It's great. Look at you, yeah. Really great. And I've seen, them, I've, I've seen them out kicking up their heels in the evening time, very late, in the lashings of rain, and just having a great time. Brilliant, absolutely. And, and the great thing about the rain as well is it will often stimulate them to go for a swim, won't it? You've probably seen them swimming late at night. Yeah. And, you know, and I've been here a few times late at night, and obviously with the cameras, how, how I know that they sleep is we've got many, many cameras in this area. Yeah. So how I analyse uh, if they're sleeping or not, or how much they're sleeping is basically the next day you come in, you rewind the cameras, and you watch absolutely. many screens, and you can see where each elephant is sleeping, who they're sleeping beside, how long they slept for, and also what side of their body they're sleeping on. Yeah. Wow. And so elephants will never lie down straight down. It'd be too oh, much pressure. Second. So, so they do lie down. They don't do the sleeping standing up thing. Not really, no. No, no they can. There, there is arguments that they do have a, have a form of sleep when they're standing up. Okay. That's probably quite true. But to get deep REM sleep, a lot of people would firmly believe that they See, need can, to lie down. I can relate to that when I'm getting the half six loose into town <laughs> and I'm standing up on it and I'm actually asleep, but I'm not really yes. asleep. So I suppose, yeah. Well, there's, 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 there's great things. I, had, I read some fascinating papers about sleep when I'm doing this, when I was writing the paper, and drowsy states, uh, a very technical term, for a lot of antelope species. So a lot of antelope species, obviously 24 seven they could get devoured by a lion a tiger mm-hmm. would have on their continents and so this drowsy state their, their body's shutting down but they're still alert of what's going on whereas elephants don't really have to do that because not as not as significantly so is my theory anyway because they're so big and because they're such a big strong herd they can really watch out for each other and this is one of the theories why they are able to go into such a much deeper sleep the adults will often lie down later in the night the calves once it hits kind of nine o'clock, rarely before unless they're very young, they won't lie down. Once it hits about nine o'clock, the calves will start to, to go down. But when they're very young, you're looking at 20 to 25 times of lying down and getting up during the night, so a lot. And then for the adults, you're looking at rarely four, sometimes four, but usually three times a night of about 50 minutes to an hour each. Usually they don't stay in the one position for more than an hour. They want to get up. They, they might go for a bit of a stroll, get some water. They drink about 200 litres of water a day, um, have a pee, have a poo, and then go back down and lie down on the other side. So they usually change sides then. However, this is where I started to notice. I was doing more L's for left than R for right. So I was like, well, what's this about? How come I'm writing? And I added up, and for one elephant, it was 71% left. And obviously, I was at 29% right. And I kind of thought, yeah, that's interesting. And tried to find information, couldn't find anything at the start. And we do keeper talks here at 12.30. And I mentioned this in my keeper talk, a few different keeper talks. 
and I mentioned sleep study and said, oh, by the way, our elephants are, we're studying their sleep behavior and we noticed that our elephants, especially when they're pregnant, are sleeping more on their left. And you'd see mammies and you'd see pregnant, pregnant women nodding at me encouragingly and then coming over to me. And they were saying, I'm the same. I feel more comfortable on the left. My doctor told me to sleep on the left. And I thought, right, there's something in this. And then I looked into it and the heart in the elephant is turned to the right. Mm. So when they lie on their left, they've got a better blood supply, therefore a better yeah. oxygen supply to, to their own body, to the fetus. And so this is probably the reason why they sleep on their left. And, yeah. you know, so the fact that humans are told so much about it and I think most, anytime I mention this to any, any mother or any pregnant person, they always say the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was the same. Um, so I think, you know, this is something, again, I'd never heard of and no one else had heard of before. So this is why going deeper and really watching your animals with CCTV and watching them at times you don't normally do, it opens up a whole new world. Fascinating stuff, yeah. We're in this lovely house, which is really echoey because it's huge. How big is it? Um, I don't know the exact dimensions, but it's I would... Big. <laughs> it's really big. What we hazard a guess at, um, yeah, I would go at, at least, would you call it 700 square metres maybe? Okay. At least. At yeah. least. So it's, but most importantly, though, it's, it's you know, traditionally, and, and still now, we often think, oh, they're, they're happy to have lots of space. But really, space is absolutely important. But really, what you, what you have in that space is, is as, if not more important. Yeah. I mean, I could... Stimulation. I, absolutely. Yeah. I totally believe you could give these elephants in this area 10 times the amount of space. But if they have nothing in it, what would their drive be to keep moving around if there's no need to move yeah. around? If all the food is in one corner and all the water is in one corner? Animals are clever. They're not going to waste energy. Mm. You know, for millions of years, they've been careful about how they do everything. And they're not going to suddenly start going, do you know what, lads? We've been here a while. We've been doing nothing. Let's keep walking. Mm. Yeah. Let's, let's watch the old tummies. So, so sometimes when, I, uh, when I've been in the house or see the, the elephant house in the, on the camera footage yeah. that we can watch... I see mounds of sand mm. that you guys make. What's that all about? Yeah, we'll tell you what. We go. We, we walk. So we're, we're at the the, the, kind of the keeper area here at the moment. Let's walk Do into the house. So away peacocks hanging out. Yeah, they're fantastic. And, and and as a zookeeper, every so often you, you'll get a little bit startled because you're thinking this area's meant to be empty. Why is there not a little <laughs> yeah. here? And uh, so but no. peacock we have dinosaurs in this. Yeah, we've dinosaurs yeah. in this little house. And when you, I'm delighted to hear you say that because when I tell people that they're just looking at me as if I'm seriously on lots of drugs. I've been, I've been screaming at the students when we were yeah. in Africa this year. I'm like, there's a dinosaur. Yeah. There's a dinosaur. Absolutely. Especially like secretary boards and, oh, and some of the guinea yeah. fell. And you really see them. If oh, you look 100%. at it... You know? I'm, I'm a big fan of Jurassic movies because uh, the parks and the world movies because they, they, they were bridged that gap for people to yeah, look at these amazing brought, animals. I brought a lot of kids into yeah. it. Need more feathers though. Yeah, that's true. A, that's another podcast. <laughs> But we're going to open up the gates here. So again, we've got to walk into the space where, where uh, Upperly the bull used to be during the night. Um, but the joy of this house now. So this house is separate from uh, the, the first house we're in. The first house we refer to as the cow house. Obviously, the house for the females and their calves. But also with Upperly gone now, we say he, he's done lots of reproducing with the with the girls. So his time was to move on. And uh, so uh, and that's actually another reason why we train is that when, when they were moving out. We trained him and we trained his uh, uh, son, uh, a male we had here years ago, Budai. We trained them to walk into a crate every day for months on end. So when the day for them to go, it was, they just, it was easy. Brilliant. And they didn't, they didn't stress. I remember when Upley arrived. Mm. He arrived in at midnight into Dublin Port. Well. And he was in especially created crate for him with things that he needed to look out and be very comfortable. And there's a keeper with him the whole time. So this is when he arrived from... Uh, Chester Zoo. Chester Zoo. Uh, the truck came in with him on the back. They backed into door the door, which exactly matched the dimensions oh, of the yeah. crate. The door opened and this enormous animal backed out. Mm-hmm 
very gently, turned around, had a drink of water and started eating. And he was not stressed not at all. It was no. unbelievable. And again, Chester Zoo are a fantastic zoo. And, yeah, you know, we work together a lot. And I'm sure you work with them a lot as well. I worshipped the ground they walked on from the age of about 12. My parents were, after plaguing them, they were very nice to me and brought me over. And I spent two days just walking around. <laughs> I just love that, that zoo. It's a great, yeah, zoo. great zoo. And we, we reflect how we look after elephants is, in the same way. Has he gone back there now? Or? No, he's gone to zoo in France now. So um, he's just... Um, the happy wanderer going oh, around absolutely. the world. You can see why he's probably happy seeds. to get out of that crate. Lovely. <laughs> he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. Absolutely. And I would I'd imagine there's a huge chance that when he arrived here, he could have been communicating. Because obviously our females were in a separate house. Mm. But with infrasound, again, we couldn't hear any noise from him. He seemed nice and quiet to us. Yeah. But in reality, he was probably going, oh, anyone here? Oh, I, I, I hear I hear three lovely Dutch uh, elephants there. <laughs> uh, what's going Smoking on here? pancake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in, the, we're in the, the bull space now. There's loads of sand. I presume it's a couple of metres. And then there's a, a mound in the middle. And there's two peahens and a peacock just wandering around, just looking for nibblies. Absolutely. And, oh, there's three of them, actually. There's another yeah, one over yeah. there. So this, this house is brilliant. So basically, the design... It's, uh, it's, 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 I just love it. We recommend it to, to lots of different zoos. And the smell is great. That's the thing, so isn't it? A great smell. So soft the ground. It really yeah, is. It is. So we're, we're on it now and you can really feel the flexibility there. Yeah. So our big bull elephant, uh, what was he? He was weighing the, oh, just under five tons, if I remember correctly. So he's a, he's a big, strong elephant. And you can imagine, like, you don't need a degree in zoology. You don't need, you just need a bit of common sense. Keeping animals of any size really on concrete unless they're like a, a rocky mountain animal or something like that they shouldn't be on concrete it doesn't absorb anything it, it, it's very hard on the bones it might create discomfort for one, for one night but you can imagine how bad that'll be for, for their bodies long they didn't term. evolve on concrete absolutely so and, and shoes off and walk around on concrete on a hot day yourself or, or on a cold day or any yeah, day absolutely and that's what we do when we're building something we try and use nature as our inspiration so we're going right what do they do in the wild okay they walk on sandy soil they walk on soil they walk on sand so let's create that rather than going let's create something completely new that's a ridiculous notion mm-hmm. we need to copy what they have in the wild and that's what we've done with this house so here we're in front of Nike Air Max on an elephant anyway absolutely so, yeah. not cost a fortune yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with, with the sand mounds here basically the importance of these is, and, and believe me these sand mounds have been four times the height of this at times and the next day they'll come in and it'll be half the size basically it's their pillow so especially for, for bull elephants and in the Asian elephant it's only the bulls that sometimes have tusks mm-hmm. um, vast majority nowadays because of poaching don't and right. um, now it's, you're at a genetic advantage to not have not tusks yet, yeah. um, which, is, which is horrifically sad yeah, um, the benefits of the sand is, is equally important for males and females but if you can imagine you've got big tusks and you're lying down and you're on concrete well that tusk can't go into the ground yeah. then your neck is going to twist oh, yeah. and, and forever then when, every time you lie down if you're, if you're going to lie down on concrete which the elephants are very clever and they probably won't want to lie down on concrete mm-hmm. so the great thing about the sand is he can dig his tusk into the ground and, and, and lie straight and that's it so when and same with the calves and with the adults when they're lying down and sometimes they won't want to use the mound like Dina for, for some reason she prefers just flat sand okay. but isn't it great that she has yeah, the choice yeah. and so if you have like six elephants you, you wouldn't want to be just putting one mound in you always want to put a few in. in this house one's enough because there's only uh, one bull elephant was in here however we don't waste this house either so we'll often use this house uh, most nights this house is used we can sleep, decide which house they want to sleep in so we've so you many want to el- get away from exactly. the rest of the people well, that's it. we, we would call it like a vertical split where basically you wouldn't have all the calves come down here and, and the mammies and the aunties and the grannies stay in the other house not now anyway because they're all quite young like with elephants it, it's very much as we, as we said it's all about female uh, matriarchy yeah. so grannies daughters granddaughters 
daughters, female cousins, sisters will all stay together forever. They won't separate, yeah. whereas the males will always leave. Yeah. So sometimes you might have a bit of vertical split. Say resources are very tight, and they're thinking we, we can't feed ourselves. The area's gone too. There's not enough food here. You'll have a vertical split where older elephants will move with younger elephants but they might return then quite quickly it might only be a separation for a few hours a few days yeah, but generally if there's food resources they're going to stay together they want to, they want to stay attached and the sleeping the arrangements of them sleeping in humps and lying on the ground that is the same as what they do in the wild yeah well it's, it's, it's we super. have pictures don't we we do Hang on. so I'm looking at two uh, large adult elephants lying down uh, trunk to trunk just at the edge of a mound and in between them are two of the juveniles some, um, one of them is a very young uh, calf and they're just snuggling up to them <laughs> it's a very very cute looking uh, picture very very cute there's another oh, one that's a closer there. one and now you can see them like the calves are using their aunties and, as uh, pillows as well and absolutely that's what really blew my mind as well with the study it was very motivating to do this because you only need about anything between half an hour and an hour to do usually it was about 20 minutes to half an hour to do one night's recording yeah. but you could never get bored of it because regularly you saw different things. But one thing I noticed was Asha, Asha's mother is the matriarch Dina. And during the day you, you would recognise that. But if you didn't know them at night time, you'd think Yasmin was her mother. Asha would often lie with uh, Yasmin instead of Dina. So you think you know your head so much, but then this whole new world opens by night time. New yeah. dynamics. Now, why is that? We can only ever guess. But with Dina being the matriarch, there might be an element that Dina is more alert and needs to be more alert than the others. It's her job to keep an eye out. So she might be thinking, oh, mom's standing up watching out again. I might lie down here beside me, Auntie Yasmin. Ah. And uh, so that's only a theory now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I no, don't no, know. No, no, no. And, yeah. But, you know, and, 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 yeah, and then same when the cows are born, uh, Asha, 
and Anna, her, 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 her relative, uh, her cousin, both of them did the same thing. When the cows are, new cows are born, they matured overnight. Oh. So when Anna arrived here, she was this young elephant, and she was, I think she was only three when she came here. But when uh, the cows were born, like, literally overnight, they matured. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, we've, I have a new young relatives now. I'm going to cop onto myself, and I'm going to watch out for them. I'm not the baby and, anymore. Exactly. And they seem to enjoy that authority, or yeah, sen- seniority, yeah. not authority, but seniority. And it's fascinating. They would stand beside them and wait until they're properly asleep, and, and they seem to enjoy this new seniority. The quantity of sleep is the big thing I was looking at. So the calves up to about five and a half hours a night. The adults, on, on average, three and a half hours a night. So overall, the whole house, the elephants are sleeping four. Yeah, that's four that's and quite a, a small amount of sleep for such a big animal. Um, well, the, the, the sleep is, is typical for herbivores. So when you look at carnivores, they sleep the most. Okay. Omnivores, medium amount. And herbivores, the least. Wow. So we need, you know, at about eight hours. And, you know, you've, you've heard of various people over the years saying, oh, no, I don't need that much sleep. I only need to be yeah, five yeah. or six hours sleep. Sure Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. And however, people that have studied sleep would disagree with them and say, no, 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 yeah. you would have been healthier, happier, and more cognitive capacity if yeah. you had slept more. And actually, even coming in here this morning, I listened to the radio, and a research has come out there recently about the number one cause of arguments in a research poll is lack of sleep. Yeah. And being a, a, a father of a two-year-old, I can totally relate to that. And, that. and being a husband of a very light sleeper when I have to get up in the morning, yeah. it's hell on earth because it's like the first four hours of my day are just avoiding the yeah. dragon. <laughs> Sorry, Ruth. But, uh, yeah. It's true, though, isn't it? And that's why another reason, like, you know, you have to be careful how you you know relate our feelings to theirs but i think generally your, your assumption will be fairly correct depending on, on, on what you're thinking of but i would imagine for elephants of course it's the same yeah. if they're if they're not getting their sleep well how are they doing how are they feeling yeah, yeah. and obviously we know they have emotional needs like any animal and you know so it's it's i feel great about the fact that our elephants are getting the similar sleep levels to, to, that they do in the wild and they even walk similar levels in the wild on average they walk about 10 kilometers a day That's great. and if they live in an area where there's less forest or there's a particularly dry patch they'll walk up to 30 kilometers a day but our elephants walk on average 10 kilometers a day so that, that was great so that's good for their feet obviously good for the physiology and it, it's good for them but in this house so we start at the roof looking at the roof at the top we've got these which is really important everything has been thought about is a huge skylight bigger skylight something you imagine seeing in a big shopping center yeah, yeah. so it's very very big size of it what that's probably 100 meters by 30 metres probably bigger than that so they're getting the natural life cycle exactly so yeah. circadian rhythm is there Brilliant. if you had had a solid roof there with no windows and you locked that door they haven't like, they've lost a lot of the notion of what time of the what day it is yeah, exactly. and, and believe me elephants have a circadian rhythm like I remember going back on one night looking at the cameras and I noticed our matriarch Dina was getting a bit agitated and looking a bit more animated than normal and walking up and down and looking out for it looked like she's looking for someone and I was like what has gone wrong with her and I couldn't figure it out and then I was talking to my colleagues saying like well, look at this like what's going on with Dina like you know you get to know how they act each yeah, day yeah. I was like why is she acting so different and then one of my colleagues James uh, said what morning was that I said Sunday and he goes ah the time went back so technically oh. we were an hour late for her oh. so she was going because um, so when we arrived we feed her so she was like where's my food we weren't late technically, but in reality, a time we were late. No so way. she was. So we were all arriving at a usual time. Like Donald would often get here at half seven, but he wasn't arriving that day till half eight. That's mad. And so elephants don't like daylight saving time. No, definitely not. <laughs> and, and I actually asked other keepers around Europe about that as well. Have they experienced some similar things? And they had incredible because they're so in tune with it. You know what I mean? And That's a lot of animals incredible. go. It's getting a bit darker now. Time to move in. You know, but they have their routines as well. 
So that's why the roof is so important. They're, they're lovely big heaters above you, so the house will often be a toasty 22 degrees Celsius. Mm. Um, lots of lights as well, obviously, if you are working here late or, like that, or early morning, or like that's obviously important to see what you're doing. Um, we've also got sprinklers, which I won't turn on now. When we leave, we can turn them on, and so it keeps the ground moist. You've got, you got to give the, the basically rain precipitation into yeah. this house, otherwise it's going to be very dusty, um, which won't be good for them or for us. So we keep, we keep it a nice balance of sand that's not obviously not wet, because we're not going to be too fan of that, but that it's got a degree of moisture in it as well yeah. and then you, you see all these holes in the walls I'm sure you can you guess what's yeah. inside the other side of that mm. absolutely yeah. so these all have timers and they open up uh, throughout they, the night they go into uh, the boxes that are attached exactly. to the wall oh that's so amazing I saw big boxes outside yeah. Yeah. so those big boxes you open them up you put a bale of hay in there and same with the cow house that we were in earlier on so these timers open up during the night So you, and again you can vary it. but again with the sleep study I started to notice that Dina especially she was going over to the feed box three, four minutes before. That's how in tune she was with them. And that's when, yeah, before they were open. But then I realised, ah, wait a minute, this is not good because she was getting, she'd lying asleep and she's realising, oh, this that will be opening soon. And she'd get up and she'd walk over to it because she was getting first go at the hay. Other elephants would come over to her then. But... I didn't think that was a necessarily a good thing. So now we, we vary the time. And I've also, because I noticed the greatest concentration of sleep is about midnight till 5 a.m. Okay. I thought, well, let's not maybe not have as, as much feeding then because yeah. you're disturbing them that they are literally in a good deep sleep. Yeah. And then they're all getting over some hay. So after a long, long time of watching them, I kind of thought, right, this is probably the good time to not necessarily feed you don't them want then. the ice cream man driving up no, the street in the exactly, middle of the night. When they're all and me jumping up, yeah, Mars bears. <laughs> nice one, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. It's, it, it works perfectly in that regard. And then what else we got? So hanging up high is a net in a hoist. So that hoist is, is super strong. Um, I'm quite certain in saying that that holds five tons. So the idea and the same... It's swinging out of it. Well, the, well yeah, that's it. Yeah. Super strong. But no, the actual idea is, is well, as well as swinging out of that's strong enough. Because basically, sorry, at the end of the, the hoist is a big bale of hay. Yeah. And again, so if we put hay in the ground, which you do for the calves, but if we put all the hay in the ground, elephants' trunks are full of about 100,000 muscles. So if you're not, if that's not getting used, they get a thing called um, limpy trunk. Yeah. And so basically it won't, they'll lose their <laughs> muscles, I know. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. You're slightly I'm late there. Nothing. You're slightly I'm late there. <laughs> so yeah, basically that could cause problems for any animal. You can yeah, imagine. Exactly. And uh, so basically, having this hay, you can see the hay is up about. So it exercises the high reaching exactly. as well. Yeah, that's exactly. amazing. So that's about thirty meters. No, what would that be? No, not thirty. About of everything here. Oh, we really tried to like. Really so that's you know, it, it mightn't look like the prettiest building in the world. But you could create something there, and there are some beautiful buildings out there. But they're not designed around the animal. That's the they're thing. designed by a wonderful architect back in the 1920s, and you put an animal into it. Yeah. But it's not designed it's, for. It's, it's yeah. aesthetically pleasing, but it's not practically well, pleasing yeah. for the animal. Uh, I get that a lot as well on a smaller scale with some of the stuff I keep. Mm. You know, even inverts and so people. Yeah. Go, it's very plain, blah blah. But it's for them. It's yeah. absolutely perfect. It matches their environment. That's what I'm always big about. And I can see you are just after doing this on a massive scale. Oh, yeah. And it's incredible. And it's great because you do get the naysayers about zoos. You still get people saying, "What's the need for them? What's the necessity?" And I'm always trying to defend zoos. And this is just, you know, what I mean, this setup here is mm. like a prime example of keeping large giant animals very very happy and content and you can see it in the way you've set it up it's amazing which is a very different way to the way they're kept in some zoos on how they used to be kept traditionally yeah. right which was no positive reinforcement and the keepers had contact with them which yeah. means you had to use certain other methods that were maybe a bit brutal to control in inverted commas the animals 
It was, yeah, it, would, it was kind of seen as being, you had to be kind of dominant over the elephant yeah. to, to, in order to get it to work. And, you know, it's a fairly contentious topic, but most zoos and in Europe now, all zoos, if, they, if they're going to be part of IASA, our governing body, have to, be, have to stop yeah. Yeah. Uh, full contact training. Yeah. But um, of course, in, in places where you have tourists, mm. tourist rides, that would still be the case. You see animals, oh, you see them being beaten up like oh, yeah. really like, violently uh, with I, these hooks, these bull yeah, hooks, horrendous. which are rounded jokes with. Rides when you go on holidays. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely not. I, I so if, an, if an animal that, that big is doing something very quietly with tourists, you know that there was violence at the back of it. I would completely agree with you. And it, the, it, you, the process usually starts with three days of, of basic torture to break their spirit. Oh, I, I, I volunteered at a place called Elephant Nature Park in Thailand, and mm. um, and you see the aftermath of a lot of elephants there. And they do return like elements, animals' ability to rehabilitate is, uh, blows my mind. Yeah. They can come from such horror, um, and they can they can bounce back. They can do great. So there's some great places around the world, Africa, Asia, South America, that are. are rehabilitating animals that have had horrible lives mm. and are doing great things so yeah it's, 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 it's what we love about our animals is and you can even see in their skin and their contentment that they, they literally do what they want like if they don't want to train if they, if they want to go for a swim if they want to eat if they don't want to eat if they want to stay outside at night it's about giving choices and you know we've all been lucky enough to see parts of the wild and I haven't been to a country where there isn't massive devastation of habitat and when people say oh wouldn't animals be better in the wild that means definite article means there's something there if it was definitely there everywhere I would say well there's less of an argument for conservation then but the moment it's amazing how much the environment is in the media nowadays which is wonderful um, there isn't much wild left there is not much wild left and that should be protected and we should be thinking of it and we should be remembering it but like you know <laughs> been to, I've been lucky enough to be to every continent in the world apart from Antarctica and there haven't been anywhere where there isn't devastation I remember driving for seven hours through Malaysia and it was all palm oil palm plantations oil. Yeah. and it just broke my heart yeah. and, and we even stayed in what was went to be a national park and the night the morning after we left where we'd been camping the whole corner of forest that we had I remember turning a sharp end to get to near our tents was gone oh, yeah. gone and you wouldn't even think it, you think it was gone years. It was just flat. And it just breaks your heart. And that's how we uh, justify what we do with zoos, with good zoos. And I firmly believe most zoos in Europe and different, loads of different parts of the world, Asia, everywhere, there's loads of good zoos. Nowadays, with communication doing the way it is, like we've made a discovery, we feel, with sand. So we talk to lots of different zoos about sand. But, of course, other zoos tell us things about their discoveries so we yeah. got why conferences Shared. are so important yeah. shared information Shared we're definitely not the experts in everything but we, we're really proud of our elephant program yeah. um, we think they're in good health The bull, um, he, What's he has his sleeping arrangements. He, he sleep. He's he, a lot of people, a lot of humans would look at him and think, oh, he's very lucky. He yeah. gets all the all his his, uh, his females and all his calves with him during the day, mm-hmm. and at about four o'clock, he says, "See you now." He goes into his bull house, and obviously, if he didn't want it, he wouldn't be going in. Right. We open the gate into his house, and in he comes, and that's it. Um, so he sleeps quite consistently, about four hours a night. Okay. Um, so it's just a bit more than the, than the, the girls. However. When a female is an estrus, we don't try and stop nature. So we let we don't we never let him into their house. We see that as their safe place. Okay. So what we do is we let the females into his house, and that's when things change. When we had the females in his house, he did not sleep. He lay down literally for two minutes, for one minute one time and one minute another time, and that was it. So he went from four hours of sleep 
to no sleep because the girls are around. And then, because he wanted a mate, uh, yeah. say for example, it was Anak at the time, he wanted a mate, Anak. So his multiple mo- matings or just one? Uh, a few, a few. Yeah, okay. um, and it's, it's quite a loud and you can imagine quite a incredible sight. You know, a bull imagine. elephant that weighs about five tons and yeah. an Asian elephant. So, yeah, some of the sights you see here are just mind-blowing. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, three in that case, there's two elephants. <laughs> Oh and, uh, God! It sorry, take we, long, we always, it doesn't take long. We always have stuff about willies. And, you know, <laughs> well, elephant willies are amazing. You have well, to tell us about penises. Well, they're enormous, obviously. Um, but what's interesting, as well, about the genitalia is, of course, you you will never see uh, a bull elephant's uh, testicles because they're inside. So, okay. with obviously most mammals, the testicles need to be on the outside because of lower temperatures, yeah. thirty-five degrees Celsius in the testicles, whereas about thirty-seven degrees in the body for most mammals. And um, whereas with elephants, the body's so big that you can get away, as far as I'm aware, with having the testicles inside because obviously they're very sensitive objects. So, yeah. but if you can keep them inside and protected, it makes oh, more sense. Yeah. So that's why That'd they. Handy you know what I mean? yeah. punch up outside a chipper <laughs> yeah exactly you know they're not they're going to be well protected so and they're, the, the, the penises are long because they have a long way to travel don't they oh they do they have a long way to go oh, and somewhat, uh, there's a bit of, there's a bit of a, a turn there as well there's a bit of movement in them as well I saw or, are they, are they, or is that just my imagination um, when I've seen them they look like they're, they're well, certainly when they're outside they're quite straight yeah. but I think when they go inside the vulva of the female oh, right. I do think there is a degree of, of turning there oh wow but I wouldn't be the expert on the insides now. No, but no. <laughs> when it goes inside, and I definitely wouldn't want to get too close to that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, again, the sounds would be incredible. Like you know, Holy when you I see yeah, animals imagine. mating, I've seen various different species mating, and it's always an interesting sight. Uh, yeah. Orangutans and they're, they're you know gorillas can go for quite a long time, and you know, so there's, there's various different. Did you, did you know what I saw uh, on the savannah? Was I telling you about this? No. Ostriches mating. Oh, you were yeah. Ostrich no, have not. Oh my god, it was hilarious. So there. Was uh, a male ostrich with two females and the females start doing a fan dance like uh, like an exotic burlesque dancer Amazing. and waving her backside in front of him and then she goes off and starts running and they, they, our, our local expert was saying she is teasing him wow. and I went what do you mean now the ostrich which would now only have a very pinkish neck his neck went bright red mm-hmm. like flush and he took off like a racehorse <laughs> after her. And she's doing this fan dance in the, in, the, in the distance. And he went over to her. And there was a very elaborate um, joint fan dance as he was on top of her. And the mate, he went on for like at least a minute and a half to wow. two minutes, which for a board yeah. is insanely long. Yeah. yeah. So the whole process was fabulous. But I loved his big red neck and head wow. like, a, like a, a fella in, you know, I mean, coppers at three in the morning wow. after seeing some, the some fun, bird. The, the it fun was of the amazing. Chase, huh? He was just like, raring to go. And he shot off. And I just thought it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Rang home. The first thing I said was I saw some ostriches riding. It was brilliant. <laughs> So yeah, the joy yeah, of nature. Exactly. I found most uh, interesting about the sleep study when I heard that you were doing it is that loads of people thought no way they don't lie down to sleep but and this is the whole thing yeah. I can't believe that because I know here that's what, we were, that's what we were fed yeah I suppose and can I ask you a question before uh, the zoo was updated when I was a kid obviously back in the 1800s um, 
the elephants back then wouldn't have had the sand and the setup you have now. Would they have slept on the ground or would they have stood they up? They occasionally did go, they did lie down. Okay. They were um, on concrete, weren't they? They were on concrete and and like as a part of a master plan. As soon as we back in '94, we got the money. It's, it's a while ago now, and that was a great turning point for the zoo. And so when it was decided that things were going to improve thought went into right what are we going to build we could easily just throw up a lovely big shiny house with lovely shiny bars and yeah, a lovely yeah, concrete yeah. floor and you can wash it down every day with a big hose and that's that's a big thing for 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 some people to kind of oversee as well is is you know traditionally in the zookeeper's mind many decades ago it was making the area spotlessly clean so that's why concrete was lovely for keepers because you could hose them down yeah, and you look oh that's gleaming you, yeah. whereas that that's great if you're working in a restaurant mm. and you want things spotless but that's not what animals need no. that's for the human mindset so that's why it was great to, to take our time and look at plans and kind of go right what what do the elephants need and that's when by hiring the right people like Alan Rucroft is our elephant specialist and and he and other people said no wait a minute what about trying sand so for a lot of people it was a big news in the zoo world because a lot of people were like sand oh wait a minute is that not dangerous some people and it was great to convince them and well, go look worried about like impactation from swallowing exactly, and stuff like that impactation yeah. but we kind of thought well we don't think animals are that silly this is my thing you know with, I mean? with uh, <laughs> there's a big thing in the reptile community about like impactation with sand and what does that mean uh, impactation is like you swallow debris when you're eating and it basically gets stuck in your gut and it causes a big plug to form and you die for want of a better a simpler explanation and um, my thing as well is, is like well they live on this mm. stuff in the wild yeah so you know Sure. I think, you know, I think if you keep the principles the same, like say for example with reptiles, if you give them a soaking wet rat, and then he's obviously going to have more Put sand, whatever stuck sand. to him. Yeah. So if you keep the principles the same, if he's an Australian desert reptile, yes. we'll keep have a, a wet rat. Exactly. I was about to say food presentation is my thing. Oh, I, yeah. I say that all the time. I say, look, you're not going to throw a, a wet chick or a wet rat mm. onto onto dry sand, yeah. and then you are going to get yeah. uh, impactation. But if you let it dry out mm. naturally and put it in, or even as I do, I put it on a slate. Yeah. Just put it on a slate, and they'll they'll eat it on the slate. And you know what I mean. But I I, I see where, I see why they would have been worried with the elephants, I suppose. But as you say, they're not thick. So yeah. listen, Brendan, that was absolutely amazing, just oh, thank wonderful. So thank you. That is one of the coolest interviews we've ever done. <laughs> thank you so much. It's really I feel really honoured to be on your show. So thanks very much. Really am. That's, oh, we're that's we're huge fans brilliant. of you guys here, and and you in particular. And uh, I know you're heading off soon to do something exciting. I'm going to Tunisia. Oh, so wow. I'm over the moon, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to a few different national parks to look up at. Our, we sponsor numerous different products around the world, but we sponsor a product for Scimitar Horned Oryx, oh, cool. which are, are technically extinct in the wild. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, we're going over to see uh, basically how the project is doing, and um, we've been sponsoring it for many years now, um, and it'd be just great to see what they're doing because our, our, basically our principle is that the people in those countries know how to run these things better than we do. So our, what's best to do is send them money because they always spend it wisely. You know, we make sure that they're reputable, obviously, to be first. Um, and you can find out very easy if they are. And, of course, these products are very reputable and they're doing amazing work. Yeah. And so we're working with other zoos in Europe and around the world to basically protect these. And some, some animals from Ireland, uh, one animal from Ireland has gone to, uh, to, oh, yeah. to, to back to uh, Tunisia. Yeah. Another reason to support your local zoo. Your local ethical zoo. Well, yeah. well how, how absolutely. that's what absolutely, say, yeah. absolutely. So, so happy yeah. travels. Thank happy you very travels, much, man. That was awesome. It. We're gonna get a selfie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> gorgeous. There you go. That was brilliant. That was so cool, man. And a big thank you from Collie and me to the staff and the team of Dublin Zoo for taking us into the Elephant House. It was an absolutely wonderful experience.
And a reminder that The Critter Shed is now a proud member of the Warren.ie. That's a podcast network that's home to some of Ireland's most remarkable and innovative podcasts. So if you like The Critter Shed, chances are there might be something else living in the Warren with us that you might like to listen to. So hop on over to the Warren.ie and bring your headphones. See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.